0: Welcome to the Heart Zone, a podcast ministry of Currensville Christian Church, featuring the teaching ministry of George Cannon. For more information about Currensville Christian Church, visit us on the web at www.currensvillechristian.org. And now, for a message from the Heart Zone, here's George. All right, folks, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 21 through the end of the chapter today. And uh, we are going to be talking about the gift. Now, the gift, Paul actually uses that term gift so many times in this passage you kind of get the feeling that he wants us to understand that we've been given a gift. And why, why is he doing that? Well, remember, what are we doing here? He's, we're trying to understand what we believe, trying to understand our faith, so we recognize that everybody, Romans chapter 1 through halfway 3, everyone's going to hell, we're condemned, but by grace, through, a, through Jesus... We have been accepted. The biblical word is justified. We've been accepted before him, not because of ourselves, but because of him, what he's done for us. And so he's been reiterating that point to you. He's trying to get you to understand it's not about you. When you think about your relationship with God, it's not about you. It's about him and what he's done for you. Because, let's be honest, you're not going to be able to be perfect before him there's no way you can be perfect before him not right now so it has to be him and so he's been stressing that all along here it's not by your works it's not by your religious actions it's not by you trying to keep the law he's he's been stressing all along it's because of Jesus and so to reiterate it today he's going to Kind of bring us to a realization again of where we were, what happened through our ancestor. We all have a common ancestor. Do you realize we're all cousins here? Yes, through Noah, George, but even before that, through Adam. Through Adam, something entered into the world and put a big hurting on us. And because of that, now because of Jesus, there, there's something else there. Uh, there's a gift. And it has implications for you and I. And so that's what he's going to stress to us today. That's what he's, he's going to show us. And again, why is he doing that? Why does he keep reiterating this point? Because he's dealing with me. I'm going to talk about me because it would be improper for me to tell you what I'm going to tell myself here. He's talking to me because I'm thick in the head. I wouldn't say that about you guys. You guys are sharp. But George sometimes needs to be told things over and over and over again. Why? Because even though I know something, I don't grasp it. You're not like that, are you? Oh, I didn't think so, right? And so we have to be continually told in so many different ways that it's not about us. It's about Him. It's not about your actions. It's about Him and what He's done for you. It's about His love, not your failure. Isn't that how we judge ourselves? We are constantly reminded of our failures. And when you get up in the morning, you remember your failures. Oh, you try to forget it, but then something comes along and reminds you. In fact, you have people that just show up to remind you of your failure. But God doesn't do that. God doesn't remind you of failure. He comes along and reminds you of Jesus, right? And about the love that Jesus has for you. And so we have to get I have to get my thinking back in line. Because if I'm just coasting through life and we like to do that, right? We like we kind of put want to put it on cruise control, right? And with that Feature of going to cruise control, we just want to kick back and let the car drive us. And we want to do that in life, but we can't because we have to be proactive and constantly reminding ourselves, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. So he's going to finish out this section, and actually that's what we're doing today. We're We're going to finish out this second section of Romans with these verses. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at verses 12 through 21. Here's what Paul writes. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam who is a type of him who has to come who was to come but the free gift is not like the offense for if by one man's offense many died many more the grace of god and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded to many And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who received the abundance of grace And of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through the righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this section, and I, I want to help you to understand what's going on here. And I want you to see everything is telling you about the gift. And so we're going to divide it into three sections. We're going to, first of all, talk about the problem. We're all facing a problem. All humanity is facing a problem. There's a problem, and it happened way before we were ever even thought of, okay? there is a problem that all humanity is facing. We're going to see, then, the gift. He's going to talk about this gift. Remember, he's used that word many times in this passage about a gift. So we're going to talk about the gift, and then we're going to look at a contrast. He's going to contrast the way it was before and how it is now for you and I. Why is he doing that? Because he wants you to understand it's not about you. If it was about you, you and I would be in trouble. But it's about what? Jesus, the gift. And so that's where we're going with this. So let's, first of all, let's talk about the problem. Here's what we're going to see about the problem. First of all, look with me at 12 through 14. He's going to describe something that maybe you weren't aware of, but we definitely see it all around us. And here's what he says. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world. Okay, so do you understand? Let's go all the way back to Genesis. We go all the way back to Genesis. God made Adam and out of Adam from his side he made Eve. So the two of them were there and everything was perfect. They were in the garden of Eden. And through one man sin entered the world. Now Genesis very clearly tells us in chapter 3 that when sin entered the world that changed things dramatically. Number one they could no longer be in Eden. They were thrown out. It changed everything from how women have childbirth, what the relationship will be between man and woman from that time on. But one other aspect happened that has basically haunted everybody since. It's called death. The fact that people die is because one man sinned. With one man sinning, death entered into the world. And so the struggles that we have today and the result of that sin and that death has haunted us to to ever since. And it has affected us. It's changed our minds. It has affected how we act towards each other. We live in a world that's marked by one man's sin. So that's what he's saying here. He look with me. Again, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man's sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. So we all have a problem. The problem is is we're gonna die. Why? Because we all what? Sin, right? Well I try not to. Well you're not doing too good. Why? Because you will sin ignorantly without you even knowing that you sin. Okay? He goes on. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. He's talking about the law given in Moses when they entered into the land therefore death reigned from adam to moses even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of adam who is a type of him who was to come so there he's talking about death is reigning even if you didn't do the very same thing that adam did death is reigning in all of our lives so here's the point i want you to see i've got two things i want you to see because of adam sin entered into our world and brought death to humanity We can't get away from it. Our news is filled with it. Every day you wake up, you're hearing about some natural calamity or some war or something, and they're constantly telling you, every day, what? People are dying. You say, well, I'm not going to listen to the news anymore. Fine, don't listen to the news, just live your life out. And then as you go about in life, you find out people around you, people that you interact with, sooner or later, what happens with them? They die. It's inevitable. Death is a part of our lives. Now, here's the interesting thing about death, this is my second point, because of sin humanity faces death both spiritually and physically so when we talk about death here i'm not just talking about one day george is going to die physically it's talking about because of sin people before they even die physically have died what spiritually now what does that mean george died spiritually how can you be dead spiritually But alive, physically, you can be dead spiritually because what you're dead to is who? God. Do you understand? We've got a bunch of folks walking around here that are dead men walking. Well, they don't look like dead. They're not zombies. You know, they're not pulling their leg along like you see on the TV. What are you talking about? They're dead men walking. They're dead spiritually. That is, they're dead to the person of God in their life. They're not alive to God. They're dead to him. And because of that, they're just doing what their bodies want to do. They're just doing what their desires are. They're heaping on themselves whatever they want in life and it just brings about what? Destruction. Death. Now think about it with me for a moment. Think about it. What do you mean, George? Well, you know, I just had this thought. What, does, what do all of us want? Honestly, what, what do all of us want? I mean, we could sit here and talk about it, but this is what I think that most of us want. We want a conflict-free world, right? How many of you like conflict? How do you like having conflict with somebody? Nobody likes it. We want, we want to live in a peaceful world where everybody kind of gets along together and we just kind of do live our own lives and, and that's the way it is. But does, is it like that? What happens that our lives are not like that? Can I tell you what happens? People! Right? People. So if you look at the world events, so you look at what's going on over in Eastern, Eastern Europe right now. You got Ukraine, they're just minding their own business. And some dude decides, I want their land. Does he need it? Well, he thinks he needs it. So what happens? He interferes with a whole bunch of people's life. Lots of people are dying. It's affecting everybody in the world, right? But isn't that the exact opposite of what we want? We want what? Conflict, free world, just to have peace and just kind of get along with each other. But we're dealing with what? People who are what? Spiritually dead. And this is the problem. The misery we have in our world, I, I, I always find it interesting to me that how quick we are to blame God for everything that's terrible that's happening when if you really look at it, wasn't God at all. It was us. Do you understand? It was humanity. Because sin entered into our world and sin brought what? Death. Death. So this is the problem. So again he's trying actually what he's trying to do here is he's trying to with this closing section of this this section of Romans he's trying to get you to go back to what he talked about in Romans chapter 1 through 3 about humanity is going to hell and here's all the different groups and they thought they're okay but they're not okay and that no one seeks after God no one does what's righteous so therefore they're condemned the wages of sin is death. So here he is, he's, he's reiterating that point. Why? Because he wants you to understand the gift. See, in order for you to understand the gift, you got to understand the problem you had before you got the gift. Do you understand what I'm saying? you got to understand your condition before the remedy came. You've got to understand that on your own, you were helpless and just a part of the flow. Headed to hell. But there's a gift. And so let's talk about that. We're going to see that here in verses 15 to 16. Look at what he says here, verse 15. But, okay, so this is a contrast to what we were just talking about. Sin entering into the world. Sin bringing death. But... The free gift is not like the offense. Stop. The offense resulted in everybody what? Dying and going to hell. So he's saying the free gift isn't like that. For if by one man's offense many died, much more by the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one's offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. So let me help you to understand what he's saying here. Okay? Two things I want you to see. First of all, the gift of salvation is not like the offense of sin which imposes its penalty. All right, so the gift of salvation is not like the offense that brought death. First of all, did you and I have any say in the offense of sin affecting us? Did you have any say in that? Do you remember at any time they said, hey, okay, you know, you're going to face this death penalty here because of sin. Do you, do you, do you really want to be a part of that? No, you, you, you didn't have any choice in that. That was already decided way before any of us were born, way to the beginning of the foundation of the world with the existence of one couple, Adam and Eve. And because of their decision, that affected the rest of us. Whether we like it or not, it affected all of us. So the gift of salvation is not like that. The gift is not like where the offense imposes that on all of us. The gift is actually different. Why? Because the gift doesn't impose itself on anyone. What do you mean, George? Unlike where you and I didn't have a choice about being affected by sin, you do have a choice about whether or not you want the gift. Did you understand what I'm saying? You do have a choice about whether or not you want the gift. You have to decide to want the gift. I think it's interesting, it goes back to American history, In the very foundation of our nation, after the Constitution in the 1800s, they had a gentleman who was facing the death penalty. He was set to go to the gallows to be hung. And somehow his case was brought before one of our early presidents, and he was pardoned. Now, you understand what that means. When he's pardoned, does that mean he will be executed? No. No, it doesn't mean that he will be executed. So... They go to him and they bring this presidential pardon. The dude refused. He refused the pardon. He wanted to go to the gallows. It created a big kerfuffle. This is something that they never had to deal with. It went all the way to the Supreme Court about whether or not they should execute him now that he's been pardoned, but the dude doesn't want to be pardoned. And so the decision was, a pardon has to be what? Accepted. And if it's not accepted, it's not a pardon. So guess what? He went to the gallows. It's the same thing with the gift. The offense was imposed on all of us. And we just verify it by the fact that we still what? Sin. But Paul's coming along and telling you and I that the gift isn't like that. It's not like the offense that imposes a penalty. A gift is something you have to what, folks? Accept. Receive. How do you do that? By faith. By faith in Him. faith in his work here's the second thing i want you to see the gift brings acceptance with god comes through the grace of jesus christ the gift that brings acceptance with god comes through the grace of jesus christ so here's what the gift is the gift is you being justified before god that is you being declared righteous that means if i break it down again You being accepted by God. You being acceptable to God. That gift comes through grace. What do you mean through grace? It comes through the grace of Jesus Christ. That gift comes through Jesus, not through you. Do you you understand what I'm saying? So let's get back. It's not about you. It's never been about you. You experiencing being accepted by God isn't you. It isn't how you woke up in the morning and whether or not you were having a bad hair day or if somebody put nails in your Wheaties. It has nothing to do with that. Or if somebody cut you off on the road coming to church and you got a bad attitude. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Or if your coffee tasted bitter this morning, oh, I wish you could make better coffee. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with who? Jesus. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's got to do with him. So the free gift, that gift that brings acceptance comes through the grace of Jesus. It's not about you. So here's what he's going to do now. So when you look at the rest of the chapter, verses 17 to 21, he's going to provide us with four contrasts. He's going to tell you what it was like before and where it is now. And basically what he's going to do is he's going to tell you quit living over here. Because that's not where you're at as a believer. Live over here. He's going to contrast the way it was before as a condemned person to where you are now as a what? An accepted person. As a child of God. So let's look at this together. We're going to take it verse by verse. Let's look first of all at verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, much more those who've received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. Okay, so... right, first of all, there's a contrast here. But there's a key word that's being used in this verse I want you to see. It's the word rain. So he's talking about what rained before and what's raining now. And so this is a very powerful one to start out with, okay? So here's the point I want you to see. Here's the first one. Whereas death reigned through sin... We now reign through a life of grace. What, What, George? Before, when you were over here, not with God, before you were saved, before when you were headed to hell because of sin, because that's the result, death is the sin, not just a physical death, but a spiritual death, ultimately resulting in what is known in Scripture as the second death, which is hell. You were over here, And that's what's reigning in your life. Whether you like it or not, death is reigning in your life. But now that you are a believer, he's contrasting that through the gift, through salvation, through Jesus, you now are reigning. What do you mean I'm reigning? What he's trying to get to you and helping you understand, and we're going to see this, especially when we get into chapter 6, which we'll do after Easter, is he's going to help you to understand before... Death and the, and the reality of sin was guiding you through life and it was the one reigning but now because of Jesus you're reigning through the life of grace. You are the one, we'll find out later in the next chapter, can say no to sin. You're the one that says yes to God. You're the one who chooses to not go by your desires. Do you understand? Not yield your members to sin. You now have the ability to reign in the life that he's given you of grace. Whereas before, what was reigning in your life? Sin, death, destruction. There's a difference. So many of us, we live in such defeat. Oh, there's no way I can overcome this. There's no way I can overcome this. Look, we're going to get to chapter 7. Paul's going to say this. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who can rescue me from this body of sin? Thanks be to Christ Jesus. That's the answer. That's the answer. So whereas death reigned through sin, we now reign through a life of grace. It doesn't have to be the way it always has been. You could be somebody different because of Jesus. Here's the second one. Look with me at verse 18. All right, verse 18. Therefore, again, another contrast, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all, resulting in condemnation. All right, so before, okay, we're in the old life, through one man's sin, through our forefather Adam's sin, sin entered into our lives, that brought death, but here's not what what else it brought. It brought condemnation. The sense of being condemned before God. And let's be honest, We know what that's like. Even as a believer, we live with that. We don't need to live with that. Why? Because here's the contrast. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So here's the point I want you to see. This is the contrast now to help you to understand. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Here it is. Listen to me. Whereas we once lived in condemnation... We live a life of acceptance. You're accepted. Live it. Did you understand what I'm saying? Before we live the life of condemnation, you know, I meet Christians all the time. They're so, so defeated. They're so defeated by what they've done. They wish they hadn't done it. They wish they could overcome it. They wish they could redo it. And it's like, oh, I just wish. Forget that. You're living where you're not supposed to. Guess who wants you to live there? The enemy wants you to live there, right? God wants you to live where? In the acceptance, in the justification that he gave you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants you to live a life of acceptance with him. This is the contrast. Don't live in condemnation. Live in who you are and now in Jesus. Through the free gift. That's the second one. Here's the third one, okay? Third one. Look with me at verse nineteen. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Okay, so here we go. Here's the third one. Whereas we were once sinners, we have been made righteous before God. Now, I'm actually, I'm as a pastor, I get kind of put in. A, rock in a hard place. What do you mean? Well, because I, you'll hear me, and you'll hear some of the messages that that's done. I'll say to us, we are what? And everybody else say, we're sinners, right? We understand that. We're sinners. But that's really not who you are. We're sinners in the sense that we sin, but that's not your identity. Your identity is not A sinner, a sinner in the context of identity, is one who's going to hell. That's not who you are. Who you are is what? Righteous. You have been declared righteous. Now you say, but I'm not righteous, George. I know my stuff. Yeah, but it's not your righteousness that makes you righteous. It's the righteousness of Jesus, the gift. He makes you righteous. So when you stand before Him, it isn't because of you. It's because of who? Jesus. So again, that's what it's. It's not about you, folks. It's about who? It's about Jesus. Do you understand the contrast there? That brings us to the fourth, con- fourth one. Okay? See it in verse 20 and 21. Here's what he says. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But... Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here is the final contrast I want you to see. Whereas sin dominated our lives, now grace dominates our lives. Whereas sin dominated our lives, Now grace does. We say, well, I still sin, George. I still feel the temptation. I still, it seems like it's dominating. No, 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 no. You chose to let it dominate. Remember what I'm saying? Go back to the first one. Before, you were living a life dominated by sin. You were reigned by death. Now you can reign in life, the life of grace. So you have to choose. So, again, with this contrast, rather than be dominated by sin, you need to choose to be dominated by what? Grace. Allow grace to dominate your life. Now, what is he getting to with all of this? Here's what the bottom line point is change your thinking change your outlook, change your perspective, change how you see yourself as a child of God. Quit listening to the lies. What do you mean the lives? The lives that are trying to get you to focus in on what you did and what you didn't do and who you could have been and what didn't happen and the dreams that failed and the failures and all of that. Look, you know from, as well as I do, you didn't get that from the Bible. That came from our culture, that came from the enemy. So what does that mean then? When I look and it tells me exactly what it's about, it tells me right there, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. What needs to change? My thinking. Because it's only through the changing of my thinking and my heart that my actions are changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? I begin to live differently. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to live as what? Children of God. We say, I still mess up. Yes, and that's why we have 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you understand? You're not going to hell, but he wants you to be his child. So what's your choice? Are you going to continue to live in defeat? Or are you going to continue on as the person he wants you to be. The one who's accepted that gift and allows that gift to flow through his life. Something for you to think about. Let me pray for you.